Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast Wallabies Preview Edition. It is Friday afternoon and Gregor Townsend has just named his team for Scotland versus Australia at Murrayfield on Sunday. So it's David, Matt and Alan taking some time out of our lunch break to come and talk to you and break down the team. Matt, have you had your lunch? You're usually a Subway man at lunchtime, aren't you? Um, not yet. Uh, I've just been sort of recovering from hearing about Alan's um, crypto <laughs> adventures. And I'm just still recovering from, from the news of what he's been up to. Really. It's, uh, for a man with a child, it's like, genuinely shocking. Mate, well, Freya's trust fund being built up in Algorand crypto. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> just wait until the SRU drop their coin. It's going to be so good. I thought we did, we did chat once about doing the thistle coin. Yeah, I mean, we, we might as well. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see why we wouldn't. It seems like the barriers to entry are quite low. <laughs> and there's quite a lot of people like you, Alan, that are happy to plow in money. That's <laughs> fair. Um, anyway, so crypto aside, um, we've obviously got a big Scotland team to get through, um, which we'll come on to. That's going to be the main topic of discussion today um but before we get into that a quick reminder in case you haven't seen anything on our social medias where we've been very quiet about it um we have partnered with guys over at Matchpoint for this the autumn nation series they let you well Matchpoint firstly lets you find the pub uh that's going to be showing your favorite sports games in there so download that app um quickly and get onto it and then once you've got the Matchpoint app you can also play their Matchpoint predictor which allows you to predict all the scores of the autumn nations games and compete against your friends and win free pints of guinness you can join our league that's thistle in the league so get on download the app and do that um, we'll be talking about our predictions for the scotland wallabies game um, and the rest of the autumn nations towards the end of the pod 
Um, right, business done for the moment. Uh, Gregor Townsend has just announced his team. And Alan, would you describe it as quite predictable? Yeah, it, I mean, I feel like the Tuni Tumbola has just been sort of put aside for this match. He's gone very sort of straight down the line. I th- I was expecting maybe just at least one sort of rogue track, maybe like a Nick Haining to start or a Rufus McLean thrown into the mix but do you know what I guess it just shows kind of a lot about the sort of Scotland team that I think ultimately if if you ask all the Scotland fans to kind of write their own team I think about 95% would have got basically bang on what what Tooney's just done so probably a good thing to have that sort of level of consistency in terms of people in each position Absolutely and a quick run through for those who haven't managed to see it yet uh, Pierce Showman, George Turner and Xander Fagerson up front Second row, Sam Skinner and Grant Gilchrist all changed from last weekend. The back row remains the same. Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson and Matt Fagerson. Ali Price and Finn Russell are the halfbacks. Centre partnership, Sam Johnson and British line, Chris Harris. And then a lovely looking back three, Duhan van der Merwe, Darcy Graham and Stuart Hogg. A couple of interesting names on the bench, which we will come to talk about. Matt, why don't I come to you? First, talk to me about that front five, your area of expertise. Um, obviously, a couple, Showman probably getting his first taste of proper international rugby this weekend. What do you make of that selection in the front five? Yeah, obviously, you, you've got Gray and Cummings missing, who I think would have been favourites to start. But I, I've got no problem with Sam Skinner coming in. He, I don't think he sometimes gets enough game time in Scotland, considering he... You know, is frequently starting for for Exeter and and Grant Gilchrist at the end of the last Six Nations um, formed a nice little partnership with him. So I, I think what you maybe lose in terms of um, you know Gray's work rate and and Cummings' dynamism is I think you know Skinner is just an all round really good player and um, is comfortable with the ball in hand. And then Gilchrist, it seems, is is kind of the foremost lineout operator. Um, I think if you go up into the front row. Schumann has qualified at like exactly the right time given Sutherland's injury and, and the fact we don't have that much depth there. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe if Batty was starting, you'd have some question marks around whether he's sort of able to, to cope with the, the Australians of this world. But I think Schumann will absolutely love it. Um, and I think that although this, all these scrums got better in recent seasons, it's probably still a, a weak point for them. So. I'd expect to see him and, and Fagerson really uh, targeting set piece. Dave, is um, is McAnally injured? Well, there's not nothing in the official press release that I'm just reading from the SRU about him being injured. And I think the trusted folks of the Scotsman are saying that there's no place for him. So you and Ashman chosen a, a, on the bench ahead of McAnally. But I suppose more inter- importantly, Turner starting at two. Are you happy as him sort of assuming the the position as starting hooker for Scotland at the moment? I think, you know, clearly I think of, of all the hooker options in Scotland, like an open play, Turner is the strongest candidate. I know we, we said this last time and he ended up having his best game uh, as a line-out thrower um, back when Scotland played England, but he is still got a bit of a weakness when it comes to throwing into the lineup, And I guess my only fear and potentially my surprise, not that Rambo's arrows are completely perfect, but the idea that if Turner's potentially having an off day, that you then have someone like you and Ashman kind of coming on off the bench 
to, to help kind of try and plug that gap and fix that problem. I thought you might try and have someone like Rambo, who's clearly sort of been in that position numerous times before. And a big statement from Tuna taking what was essentially his captain, what, two, three years ago? Two years ago. And now making the decision to start Ewan Ashman. Admittedly, you know, it's the Autumn Internationals and you want to try and blood some players, but you would think that they would have put Rambo on the bench for, for against a team like Australia, right? You would have thought so, but this is, I suppose, the, the mid, that mid-term in the cycle where you have to start turning people over with one eye on, uh, with one eye on 2023. Um, and there's a few youngsters on the bench as well, which we'll come on to, to talk about. Um, probably not too much to say about the back row, Matt. I mean, good for them to get sort of consistent game time. Do you think Richie watson Fagerson is the sort of the back, uh, the back row that we're going to become accustomed to for the next few years for Scotland? I think unless someone emerges at eight um, who who uh, sort of comes in ahead of Fagerson, then you know, I think that's definitely the, the starting back row that you'd like to see into 2023. Um thought Richie had a good game last week. I thought Fagerson was a bit quiet, but uh, he's obviously not really played that much at Glasgow. And you could probably say the same thing, thing about Watson, actually, against Tonga. I don't think he sort of... Um, did as much as he normally would, but once again is coming into to some some fitness. Um, so I think it was actually a pretty good run out in the end. Um, and what do you, and what do you think of um, Josh Josh Bayless coming onto the bench as the sort of the municipal back row cover? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think that we talked about this before, and in a Bath team that are really struggling this season and, and didn't have a great last year, he's sort of been the standout player. Um, which, considering he's a pretty young guy, it is is quite something. Um, I mean, it, it'll be his first. It's the same with Ashman. Like first time you've seen them in an international jersey, so it, it is a bit of a step into the unknown. I suppose the other person that they they might put in there was Haining, who we we know tends to have these absolute blinders just just for Scotland, and then goes back to Edinburgh and doesn't really play. But I think it, it doesn't do any harm to try someone out who. Um, you know, covers across the back five of that scrum. Um, you know, physical guy who I think will should be able to match it against the the Aussies. Do you think if you um, looked at the last four years and had to choose the player with the best average performance across all their games, do you think Nick Haining would be number one? <laughs> a very small sample size, but you know, like a consistently sort of eight and a half above. Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. It's um yeah I I thought potentially him or or maybe obviously Crosby might get the get the call up but no I I haven't seen a lot of Josh Bayless at bat but for all intents and purposes sounds like he's been pretty strong in what is clearly a pretty poor bath team it's um hopefully it be kind of feels like Matt Ferguson has to start hopefully kicking on now I I feel like he's sort of really he stalled a little bit at that kind of just good level yeah. And I'm starting to kind of suspect whether he has the game to go to that kind of like truly sort of world-class number eight. I'm sure obviously he'll have like the odd couple of games, but he's never quite been able to kind of consistently deliver it on an international stage. Um, so it'll be interesting. He, he is still, what, 23? Um, I think you do need to bear that in mind. Like, it's incredible what he's achieved. Yeah, 23 years old. Um I think with a few more games under his belt, like consistently, 
you know, now the fact it seems like he's secured that eight position. Haining, I don't think you're going to start, and, and Bradbury seems to have fallen by the wayside. I, I think he's he's got enough to be, you know, as good as a as a Jamie Ritchie almost. Maybe not Hamish Watson, but I think he's 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 good enough to get to that level. But do you think even looking at someone like Jamie Ritchie, clearly sort of a slightly different scenario, but you know, he is someone who again, I think if we look back at the last Six Nations, apart from obviously that last game against France probably was one of the weaker members of the Scotland pack, or at least he didn't manage to kind of um, stamp his authority on matches. And potentially, again, this is the sort of match or the sort of kind of series where you really want to see him just take that kind of step up, probably to kind of the same level as Watson had for the Six Nations. Cool. So, I mean, moving on to the back line, (laughs) we talked about it being quite a predictable uh, 15. Lots of people on Twitter calling for you know, uh, Kyle Stain, uh, Rufus McLean after their phenomenal performances, few outside shots for Tua Pilotu as well. I mean, Alan, is this just Scotland's best backline available at the moment? And Tooney's just named them. <laughs> I think you'd like to think that that's what he thinks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. I think ultimately Price Price and Russell is, is a no-brainer. I know we sort of ch- chatted a little bit about the fact that Russell appears to have been at least momentarily dropped by Rassing, and I think the insight we're getting is that he's actually been relatively poor at the start of the season. But but ultimately, I think outside of Hogg, there's probably no other player that's got as much um, cash in the bank when it comes to sort of Scotland performances. So I think um, Price and Russell, no-brainer. Harris, no-brainer. Um, Van der Merwe and Hogg is a no-brainer. So it leaves you with just kind of 12 and I'd say the, se- the second wing spot. And ultimately, you know, even though Graham wasn't kind of scoring the tries last week, I actually thought he looked relatively dangerous with, with ball in hand and actually had a relatively good performance in a sort of what is ultimately not his natural position. So I think it would have been incredibly, even though Carl Stain played really well, and I think Carl Stain brings something a little bit different I think Darcy Graham's kind of form and his general sort of performance last week merited him staying in the team. And I suppose Carl Stain's performance has been rewarded with a position on on the bench, which I know he covers a huge number of uh, positions, so that's pretty decent. Other big things in the in the backline: Sam Johnson's photo in the official uh, announcement. He's got a he's got a new shirt on that fits him this week, so that's good news. Um, he must be very, very happy about shirt, that. The shirt seems to have been moved to Finn Russell. Although I wonder if that's... Ah, uh, yes. Although I wonder if that's actually like a really well-fitted shirt and just Russell has such a hanging rig that it's <laughs> like falling off him. Um, Darcy, no, Graham, Darcy Graham's shirt looks like a sort of oversized T-shirt as well compared to Doohan, who's properly bursting out of it. Yeah, Duhan's bursting out of his, Showman's bursting out of his, and Ferguson is as well. I'm sorry, those can't be Finn Russell's real arms. It's like <laughs> it's like a, a small, it's like an eight-year-old skinny child's arms. <laughs> it's like they could, gen- be, they could be Finn Russell's arms. Though. They generally don't. I even, think they are. They generally don't even feel like half like the armholes. Sort of like just <laughs> so much. You can get two of his arms in one. No, like, I, I reckon. I reckon they've done the photo shoot when. Finn has been in Paris and then they've yeah. shoved a photo on top. Yeah. Oh, that comparison. The fact he's next to Duhan as well. It's just a real... <laughs> quite, it's, quite, it's quite bad. 
<laughs> Finn, Finn named as a vice captain as well. Has that happened before? Just a signal of where he is, I suppose, in his in his uh, career. I think it has. Um, but yeah, clearly, I feel like Richie and Russell are both sort of vice captains for, for uh, two very yeah. different reasons. Like Russell, it's just ultimately like trying to make almost like a guilt trip him, guilt trip him into being more responsible. I think <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> like if he's vice captain, he'll just like feel really bad about having a third beer and then won't do it. Um, whereas Jamie Ritchie, I think you know he's been getting quite a lot of plaudits for how he managed the game against Tonga, but. I think it's relatively clear. I think Jamie Rich will be captain going into 2023, potentially. It's. Um, Do you not think Hogg will make it? I think Hogg will make it. I just wonder. I, I, I can never quite know whether there is a value add of having your captain in the pack and being able to have just that constant dialogue with the ref. Mm. Yeah. I think Finn. Finn has vice captain for the first time this year against uh, Wales <clears throat> Six Nations, so it's not completely new. Nice bit of rapid um, googling from you there, Matt. Oh yeah, very very good. And as a final comment: Stuart Hogg's lid seems back on really really top form. You never really know what you're going to get from him, but he really seems to have um, come through a sort of a slightly poor patch back to having a great haircut again. He was, actually, he, was looking, he was looking pretty good on comms last week on on Amazon Prime, and he sort of fully kitted out in that like Eden Park gear. Um, mm. you think Hogg, looking quite good. Do you think Hogg's colorblind though? <laughs> <laughs> well, like the gear, if it was all like the right color, we might look quite nice. But it's just like Hogg's got a history of just having extremely clashing color palettes when it comes to his clothing. I've noticed. Man, and... I'm 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 not having that coming from you. Your, <laughs> your, your clothing is, and this isn't just coming from me. This is coming from your other half as well. A genuine joke. Like your clothes <laughs> so bad. I, look, I think you you maybe need to check yourself in in terms of being colorblind. I wasn't taking the high ground. I've you anything like you were though. Sound like you were. <laughs> he was wearing like a pink. Was it like a pink thing and like a baby blue thing at yeah, the same I, time? Now you say it. I, I mean, I do agree with your point, Alan. But, you know, you've got to check yourself or you wreck yourself. There's, there's quite a lot of great lids for it. Jamie Ritchie's looking quite good with his lid. Um, Jamie you know. Ritchie's gone a really interesting way with his lid that I possibly didn't see coming. It's sort of, maybe he's trying to make himself look older. The sort of like the schlick back. Yeah. A bit more authority now he's vice captain. Yeah, he's decided yeah. to do that through his hair. Who do you think has got the worst lid? Darcy's Graham's quite sort of basic. Basic Barnet. Finn's very basic. I think yeah, Finn's involved. He's had to shave it. Xander Fagerson <laughs> is kind of like spiky and rubbish. Yeah, I, I do think it's unfair to really sort of like... Showman's obviously above average for front row lids, but I just don't think it's fair to sort of put too yeah, much on props. He's not, he's props not for trying, that. Right? Yeah, he's not trying, but it's still quite Shan. It's still quite Shan lids. Should we, um, should we talk a little bit about the bench? Um, the backs, George Horn preferred ahead of sort of uh, Adobe, who was on the, on the bench last week. Probably not, un- not unsurprising. I think it makes sense. I think that Jamie, Jamie Adobe's <clears> Um I think clearly, I mean, if you're going to pick what seems to be your most experienced, strongest, most dependable side. 
which I think is what Townsend has done in this instance. And and as we said, like avoided, um, you know, starting a McLean or Stain, then it's just consistent, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then Hastings and uh, Hastings and Stain rounding out the the replacements. I mean, the Australian team hasn't been announced as of yet. It is one fifty three on Friday afternoon, so the Aussies haven't done us a favour uh, while we're recording live. But speaking in sort of general general terms, Matt, I'll come to you first. What what can we expect from Dave Rennie's Australia this weekend? It is quite a difficult question because they've obviously come on to a pretty good game in recent months, but I think a lot of that has been driven by some of the guys they managed to get from Japan, um, namely Cooper and Karevi, who seem to have transformed the way they play. Um, and I think if you look, and obviously led to those victories against South Africa, um, I think if you look back further than that to a series when they think they played New Zealand like three times in a row, which maybe isn't the best marker, but they they really struggled. Um, and I think a lot of that struggle came through the combination at 10 and 12 because you've got Noah Lodicio, um, young guy with a lot of promise, but so far hasn't really stood up at international level. So I, I think it'd be interesting to see who they selected 10 and 12 because that that the, the absence of Cooper and Karevi, uh, maybe Karevi in particular, I, I think gives me a lot more confidence than maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I feel like Australia, especially of all the Southern Hemisphere teams, not excluding Argentina, it's just a team that this Scotland team doesn't particularly fear. You know, ultimately, I think since 2009, Scotland have won four of their seven um, matches. And a lot of these players have beaten Australia both home and away. So, and I actually think both got quite styles that should hopefully match up, make quite a nice, quite a nice contest. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the ability, they, they still have managed to pick a few of their European based players. So I think that, I think Will Skelton and, and Rory Arnold uh, coming from France will make a big difference to that pack, actually. So yeah, I think that and that Tom and Thor guy is, you know, like one of the best players in the world at the moment, I'd say. Um, and they got some nice young guys. So yeah, I, I think it'll be harder than maybe I thought it would be six months ago. But I think I think you're right, Alan. I think that, you know, the fact that we managed to put 60 points on them the last time we played them, and I, the teams wouldn't be actually be changed that much, um, should give us a lot of confidence. And Ultimately, it's it, absent like ju- uh, just Gray and Cummings. It is the best team I think that Townsend can select. So, I, I think with maybe with Finn able to to translate some of that end of lines to reform to the match, I, I, I'm reasonably confident actually. How little quiz question for you both? How many times in a row did Scotland lose to Australia until they won nine eight? at home when Gitto missed that that penalty, that conversion? How many times have they lost to Australia previously? In a row. In a row. 10? 20? 16. 16. 16. Between 1982 and 2009, they lost 16 times in a row. And the last time was when they won. They won in Brisbane when you had Andy Irvin, etc. on the field. So, yeah, interesting that, you know, we do clearly... You know, we sometimes think we've had had it bad, but you know, Scotland's performances against some of the Southern Hemisphere sites <laughs> pre pre our sort of involvement was still pretty terrible. <laughs> I do, I do were... uh, 
I do remember going to Murrayfield once, must have been like early 2000s, and just sort of watching Australia just very easily put 50 points past us. It's been like, cool, man. That was fun. That was a great day out. <laughs> and, and Australia were a strong side, obviously, back then, just kind of like yeah. in the sort of general sort of rugby circles. But um, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, ultimately, I'm, I go good sort of predictions, but I'm feeling mildly confident. Well, talk to me about how that mild confidence translates into your Guinness match pint predictor, um, Alan, in a seamless segue. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, was, I was relatively off in the last two, but I think I'm going with Scotland to win by three. Scotland to win by three? But quite a high uh, scorer, so like an, around about 50 points scored total. Matt, how you, what have you gone for? Yeah, I've I've gone Scotland by eight. Um, Ooh, lovely. But, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, to me, that doesn't feel like. I mean, it's, I don't know why I've gone eight rather than just seven. Like, I think there'll be a score in it, um, <laughs> and that that to me doesn't feel a ridiculous shout. I don't know what the bookies have got on it, but mm. um, the, bookie, the bookies have Scotland minus two. Okay. So Scotland, two-point favourites. You do no, love two, to see it. Two, oh, two, no, point, sorry. two points down. All right. Oh, I see. Um, I've gone for Scotland by four. Again, you know, it's just a finger in the air, but I do feel that for a lot of those reasons that one of you so eloquently put that, you know, Australia haven't got maybe their full bore side and this Scotland team actually are on an upward trajectory and they're Australia. They'll definitely have Australia marked as a big sort of statement win target in their November series. So whether that translates, I think is, uh, is difficult, but I do think it'll be a small, a small victory for Scotland. So um, if you guys want to play along with us, get yourself the match pint app, Guinness pint predictor and join our league. That is Thistle. Um, and you can join uh, and play along with us. You can also add in all of your predictions for all the other, um, the five other games going on this weekend. Um, Ireland, Japan, Italy, New Zealand, England, Tonga, Wales versus South Africa, France, Argentina, and obviously Scotland versus Australia. If you get the score right um, or within five, you win a pint of Guinness for yourself. If you get it within 10, you win a pint of Guinness that you can gift to one of your mates for free. How good is that? Why wouldn't you go and do that? So get the Match Pint Predictor app now. Um, Lads, any other business? Alan, I know you've got a 2 p.m. call with your crypto broker, so do you need to get off? Yeah, I'll jump off. The only thing I was, I was keen to maybe say for the next one is chat about um, Barclays' comments in the Times today. Yeah. Which yes. I need to, but I, I need to jump off, so save that one for next week. We'll save it for I next really week. I but... um, really wish the game wasn't on a Sunday. Oh, God. For a lot of reasons, it's a really bad time to watch. Like, we worrying about it from... About this evening onwards, I wish it was. Uh, I prefer it was tonight. Get out of the way. Yeah, the rest of your weekend. It is my wife's birthday, so whether I'll be allowed to watch it as well is a bone of contention that I'm currently battling. Guide, gutting. Anyway, Alan, get off to your Algorand dealer. The rest of you, we will catch up with you next week. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.